0: There is going to come a time The church will rise As the highest of all the mountains And saviors Will be raised in the church To deal with the world system And let it be now We need to have a national focus We don't have to lose this ambition Or else we work against the great commission They are equipped in righteousness Unless our righteousness Exceeds those who just know ABC And sometimes others to do but they don't do, unless we see that. We pray for God to raise right ministers in our nations. We pray for God to raise right as collectors. We pray for God to raise right security agents. They are bold and fearless. Standing your ground when the battle has been heated to such an extent that everyone is running away. But we don't quit, for we know no defeat. The agenda to possess the nations. Welcome to an equipping center of the word and prayer on Pentecost hour. Stay tuned in. God bless you. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Do the work of an evangelist a command to all ministers. I believe that the Ghana Evangelism Committee you know, has made my work very easy in that I think that the report that they have presented has already stirred up our hearts to know that we are not in a good place. How many of you agree that we are not in a good place? Hallelujah. And uh, I remember sending uh, a text to chairman last night You know, and I was lamenting uh, about the fact that the statistics show that by 2060, if we go at the rate at which we are going now, Christianity will be overtaken by other regions and the whole world will be sinking into darkness. Hallelujah. Now, brothers and sisters, the Lord Jesus Christ came to be a savior to the world. In Matthew 8, 18, 11, and Luke nineteen ten, Jesus declared clearly his purpose and his agenda on earth. He said, for the son of man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. And as a matter of fact, even before he came, the angels prophesied that about Jesus. When the angel appeared to Joseph to dissuade him from putting Mary aside, he said to him in Matthew 1.21, and she shall bring forth a son, and you will call his name Jesus, because he saved his people from their sins. When the angels appeared to the shepherds who were shepherding their sheep in the fields, when Jesus just landed, they said, We come to you with great news of good tidings, for in the city of David, a Savior is born so Jesus came as a savior and not only did he say it with his mouth but as a matter of fact Jesus went about preaching the gospel of the kingdom drawing the attention of the world you know to the kingdom of the father the gospel of salvation was the central theme of Jesus. And he did not just say it. As a matter of fact. Jesus spent his life. Going about. Preaching. This gospel. And bringing people. From darkness. Into light. In Matthew four seventeen, The bible says. And from that time. Jesus began. To teach and to say repent. For the kingdom of God. At hand. And in Matthew 4 23, we see Jesus going about their towns and cities, preaching in the teaching their synagogues, preaching the gospel, healing. You know, so that is the way that Jesus did. The centrality of his presence on earth was to bring the kingdom agenda to a dying world. Now, when Jesus completed his assignment, I feel very restricted. I don't know if there's a way I can go down. I like to go down. When Jesus finished his assignment, he handed over this important assignment to the apostles. Now, we have come to know the commission that he gave uh, as the great commission. J. Hanson Taylor, a very prominent missionary to China, looked at the last instruction of Jesus to the church and decided that the proper description of this assignment is that it is the great commission. Now, brothers and sisters, The apostles were handed this great commission. We all know it. Matthew 28 18 to 20, Mark 16 15, Luke 24 47, John 20 21, Acts 1 8. In all these areas, a clear instruction was given about the church. Having the important assignment of going to all the world to bring the light of the gospel and the light of the kingdom of God to dying humanity. That is assignment that Jesus left the church. You know, when my brother just um, uh, Bishop Boche came to pray, he called it the most important task of the church. Now, the apostles were very faithful with the gospel. They were very faithful. They went about preaching, teaching, healing. This morning when chairman was preaching, you know, he drew our attention to the description that the people gave to the apostles in Acts 17.6 that the people who have caused trouble in the whole world have come here also. So indeed, they were faithful. If you look at what uh, Paul said uh, to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 1 let's look at that scripture. 1 Timothy chapter 1 reading from verse 11. 1 Timothy 1 from verse 11. Hallelujah. That conforms to the gospel concerning the glory of the blessed God, which he entrusted to me. I want you to take note of the word entrusted to me. The gospel was entrusted to them. And in verse 12, Paul continued to say, verse 12, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who has given me strength that he considered me trustworthy. Appointed me to his service. The King James says, counting me faithful. You see, they were faithful with the gospel. That's right. Jesus himself was faithful with the gospel. The apostles were faithful with the gospel. And they preached this gospel going through pain and suffering and hardship. Now, when Paul stood before King Agrippa to defend himself over the issues that have been raised up against him, look at what he said in Acts chapter 26. Acts chapter 26, verse 17. Acts chapter 26, we are reading from verse 17. I will rescue you. This is Jesus speaking to Paul. I will rescue you from your own people And from the Gentiles. I am sending you to them. Uh Uh-huh. To open their eyes. And turn them from darkness to light. And from the power of Satan to God. So that they may receive forgiveness of sins. And a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. You know. So Jesus told Paul. I have delivered you. And I am sending you to go and open the eyes of people. That's the work that they did. Now, unfortunately, now that the baton has been handed over to you and I, at our watch, and during our watch, this is the statistics that we have. During our watch, as the people that the baton for the preaching of the gospel was handed to, all right, we have not been faithful with the gospel. The average pastor today is not a faithful preacher Of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now we preach. We preach. But we preach another gospel. We are experts. At not preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. But we are experts. At preaching. Another gospel. Galatians chapter 1. We are reading from verse 6. Galatians chapter 1, we are reading from verse 6. Look at what Paul said. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Now, there is something wrong with you and I. There is something wrong with you and I. And what is wrong is that we have neglected the preaching of this great salvation. Now, what is the answer to all the very sad statistics that we have been given? And what is the cause of it? The bottom line of it is that the light of the gospel has been shining. Jesus said, no man lighted a candle and put it under a bushel, But put it on the table so that the light thereof will shine for everyone to see. When you and I were handed over the baton to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, we have put it under tables. We have put it in our pockets. The preaching of the gospel is is not the main focus of the average pastor today. And that is why people are not saved. That is why people are not saved. Now, the scripture says, in Romans chapter 10 and verse 13, whosoever calleth upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Did you hear that? Whosoever calleth upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If only people would call upon the name of the Lord, if only people would 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 express faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, they'll be saved. But why are people not being saved? Look at it. Romans chapter 10, verse 14. We are reading from verse 14. Romans chapter 10 from verse 14. How then shall they call on him on whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Uh-huh. And how shall they preach unless they are sent? Now watch this. Which means that people are not calling on the name of the Lord to be saved. Because they have not heard. And they have not heard. And because they have not heard, they have not believed. Because you have to hear. Faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So because they have not heard, they have not believed. And they have not believed because somebody has not preached. And the preaching has not been done because, and watch this. Watch this because how can they preach except they be sent? Now, this is a question. But I thought we have been sent. I thought we were sent a long time ago. I thought we were sent long time ago. So you see, the bottom line is that even though we have been sent, we have not gone, and because we have not gone, we have not preached. And because we have not preached, sinners have not heard. And because sinners have not heard, they have not believed. And because they have not believed, they have not called upon the name of the Lord. And because they have not called upon the name of the Lord, they are still sitting in darkness. They are still sitting in darkness. Because we have not gone. You know, the statistics that the brother gave, from Ghana Evangelism Committee. It's very apt. Yeah. And especially much of it, much of it, is as a result of the gross failure of especially the charismatic church. Yeah. We should thank God. The other time I was telling chairman, we should thank God for the Church of Pentecost. And we should thank God for our fathers. Our fathers. The Methodists, the Anglicans, the Presbyterians. You know, for the work that they have done. Yeah. Let to us charismatists alone. Oh yeah. I did a research in 2013, a huge research. All right. If you go to, if you go outside the capital cities of Ghana, we don't exist. We don't exist. Now listen to me. When the baton was handed over to us, we have not been faithful with the gospel. The time has come for you and I to repent, to repent and rise up, take up our cross, follow Jesus and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Do the work of an evangelist. A command to every minister, a command to every minister Listen, evangelism largely has been thrown out of our churches. There are programs, there are activities, but most of the church is not conscious of soul winning. Now you should see there, you should see there, the teams for our programs. 30 steps to financial breakthrough. 72 ways to personal promotion, development and stability. Break barrenness in 42 days. Of today, passes of today, we have lost consciousness for the loss. And not until we come back, and there is no organization, there is no institution under the sun that is charged with the spread of the gospel. Banks don't do it. Football clubs don't do it. Universities don't do it. The only organization that is charged with the preaching of the gospel is the Church of Jesus Christ. And so far, we have failed miserably. Yeah. Now, what are we preaching? What are we preaching? We are preaching prosperity. We are preaching wealth. We are preaching business creation. We are preaching personal advancement. Hello, are you here or are you going home? Are you here? Yeah. Personal advancement. Now, now, what were we sent to preach? What were we sent to preach? Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24. Let's pick it from verse 46. Luke 24 from verse 46. Then he said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. This is what we're given to preach. We're given to preach repentance and remission of sins. And Jesus said, And you are witnesses of this. We are supposed to be witnesses eh, of the gospel that calls upon people to repent and to come to a loving savior. But we have changed the gospel. The average minister today has changed the gospel. And that is because we have lost the focus for ministry. To many pastors and ministers today, the ministry is all about personal prosperity, personal advancement and making of money. Hello? Are you still here? Now, I just want to make sure that you are here. Yeah. Huh? Now, listen to me. The ministry has never been about your personal prosperity. The ministry has been, will remain, and shall always be about the saving of the souls of, the, of men who are dying. Jesus sent us to go and tell people that he loves us. Paul told us in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 18, that the gospel of reconciliation has been committed to us. There is a problem between God and us, which is a sin problem. And God says, go and tell them, that by virtue of the fact that I sent my son to shed his blood, through the blood of my son, their sins can be forgiven and that problem can go away so that there will be peace among us. That message of the love of God, of the mercies of God, of the readiness of God to forgive the sins of dying men and women is what we are supposed to be preaching. But we have twisted it. We have twisted it. Yeah. Salvation is not preached anymore. And that is why there's no power in the church. That's why there's no power. There's no real power in the church. Why? Because the power of the church lies in the cross. It is the preaching of the cross that releases the power. It is the emphasis on the cross that releases the power. Hallelujah. Paul said in Romans 1, 16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and to the Greek. It is the power of God. Let me ask you a question. What has been able to change hardened medreys? Hardened criminals. Hardened arm robbers. Wicked people. People that governs education, reformation, has not been able to change. What has been able to change them? The gospel of Jesus Christ. What this world needs, what this world needs, is nothing but the pure, unadulterated preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is what the world needs. Yeah, when Jesus came and was here what did he choose to help us most he didn't build schools he didn't build universities he didn't set up financial institutions he didn't set up health uh, provision institutions that's not what he did he just went about preaching he just went about preaching he just went about preaching what this world needs today is the preaching of the pure message of salvation. Now, any pastor here, any pastor here, who is not giving yourself to this, you have missed your calling. All oh, the callings. Whether you are called to be a prophet, an evangelist, a pastor, a teacher, an administrator, a helper. At the bottom of all the calling is first and foremost, the preaching of the gospel of salvation. That is it. That is why Paul told Timothy, 2 Timothy 4, 5. Alright, right, Second Timothy 4, 5. Look at it. He said, but you be watchful in all things. Endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. And listen I that. He said, fulfill your ministry. Fulfill your ministry. The real fulfilling of every ministry that God has given to you. Right? The real fulfillment will have to capture the gospel message. Yeah. Recently, um, I was in England for a church go conference. The pastor who was leading the team that invited me, I didn't know him. Except that he came to the country in February to come and invite me. But one of the things that attracted me to his ministry was when I went on, you know, Facebook, and I saw this prophet was a prophet standing in the streets of London and evangelizing yeah and when I went on his Facebook page I saw so many things about soul winning I'm talking about a prophet a prophet must be an evangelist a teacher must be an evangelist a pastor must be an evangelist an apostle must be an evangelist a helper must be an evangelist An administrator must be an evangelist. Do the work of an evangelist. That is a command to every minister. Yeah. Yeah. Hello. One time. A famous man of God invited me to his church. And he's a very famous man of God. And when I went to his church, he took me around. And he said to me, he said, Bishop, when we have programs here, I don't want to mention his calling because messages go very far. But I said, when we have programs here on a normal day, this whole hall is full to the raptors. But I said, on Sundays, there's nobody here. So I asked him, how do you pastor the church? How do you, how are you building the church? And he said to me, you see, that is a problem. I don't stay in the church. He told me the previous year, the previous year, He had visited literally hundreds of churches preaching. And I told him, stay in the church. Go out there. Win the laws. Establish them. And you have people in the church. You have people in the church. You have people in the church. Pastors, we need to focus on our main Assignment. The preaching of the gospel is our main assignment. End of story. End of story. Nobody can change it. There is no prophet who can change it. There is no pastor who can change it. There is no evangelist who can change it. There is no chairman or a leader of an organization who can change it. Jesus said it. We must go out there. The reason why We are seeing unchurched people in the 21st century in Ghana. In Ghana, it's because we have not gone. We have not gone. We have not gone because of our aim for the ministry, which is to enrich ourselves and to live wonderful lives. Yeah, and you see, our members are also like us because what we have put in them, in the pulpit, is what they have become. We are having hundreds and thousands of church members sitting in our churches who are not so winning conscious. I always tell pastors, if you want your church to be empty, call for evangelism. Now, call for evangelism. Tell your members that this coming Saturday, we are going to have evangelism. They will not be there. But if you want your church to be full, tell them that the following week, the following week, you are going to pray for money, for visas, for jobs, for promotion, for marriage, for cars, for buildings, and your church will be full. It is not your fault. It is our fault. For us, the shepherd, so are the sheep. We are a poor representation of Jesus Christ. Shaman made a statement this morning that we are building an inferior church. Yeah. But let me tell you something. It has to cost you something to preach the gospel. It has to cost you something to preach the gospel. If it is the preaching of the gospel, it comes with pain, with suffering, with sacrifice. And that is what we don't want to do. That is what we, the modern day pastors, we don't want to do. That is why there are no pastors in the villages. Because we all want to stay in Accra, in the big cities. That is why when a pastor is transferred to a town out there, he sees it as a punishment. As a punishment. He sees it as a punishment. Lord, yeah. But when that same pastor gets a visa to go and live in America, he leaves his calling behind And goes there because he sees it as a promotion. Standing in church and giving testimony of the goodness of the Lord. For as long as you and I continue this way, there is no hope. There is no hope for the salvation of our peoples. Yeah. Yeah. And listen to me. God is going to deal with us. God is going to deal with us. There's a difference between the Jerusalem church and then the Antioch church. It was the Jerusalem church that received the instruction to go out there. When they started growing and prospering, they relaxed. And in Acts chapter 8, God allowed persecution. Yeah. James was slaughtered. And they went for Peter. And they went for Peter. And there was so much trouble. There was so much trouble. Listen to me. Don't wait until the doctor gives you a diagnosis before you become serious for your calling. If the doctor pronounced that you have only three days to live because of a certain diagnosis, what would be the focus of your ministry? What would be the focus of your ministry? So Paul said in Hebrews chapter 2 let's read it from verse 1 Hebrews chapter 2, we are reading from verse 1 Therefore, we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have let, we have had, lest we drift away. You see, we have drifted away from the commission that was given to us. Because we have not paid heed. Most of us. Yeah. And by the way, including Church of Pentecost pastors, I'm sure there are Church of Condorcet pastors who are not doing the work well. How do you know? Because that is how human nature is. Yeah? yeah? I'm sure. I'm sure if I go and ask chairman, you know, he will not be happy with some, some of the pastors. Yeah? yeah? Hello? We have drifted away. We have drifted away. But I see us coming back. I see a new spirit. I see a new spirit. I see a new heart. May the Lord give you a new heart. May the Lord give me a new heart. May we repent. May we turn around. And may we come back to the original assignment. In the name of Jesus. Lest we drift away. Continue the scripture. Continue the scripture. For if the word spoken, now listen to this. For if the word spoken through angels proved set first, and every transgression and disobedience received a just reward. Verse 3. Verse 3. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord? And was confirmed to us by those who heard him. Watch that. The Bible described this salvation, go back, as a great salvation. And this great salvation, Jesus Christ himself started preaching it. And then after him, the apostles. But at our time, like I said, we have put it in our pockets. And the scripture is saying, how shall we escape? You see, often we use this scripture to point to sinners. Paul was writing to believers. How shall we escape? How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? How shall we escape? A young man, he was a lawyer, had opportunity to serve the lord but he didn't and found himself dying from cancer and he called his pastor and said to his pastor pray for me pastor if the lord lifts me up and i recover i will serve him if the lord lifts me up and i recover I will save him. But it was too late. Pastors, We need to be so conscious. We must be alert that there are hundreds and thousands of millions of people around us that are not saved. We must be conscious of that. And it must affect our messages. We ourselves must repent and we must refocus our messages on the preaching of the pure gospel of salvation. Now in our churches, we don't do utter calls anymore. Pastors are beyond utter calls. Oh no, pastors are above utter calls. We don't do utter calls. To see a pastor making an altar call is a very, very rare thing. But but making an altar call must be one of the main things for a pastor. It is just like inviting somebody to come for an American visa and go to America. An altar call is an opportunity to tell somebody, Jesus loves you and wants to save you. We must have altar calls at funerals, at weddings, at baby dedications, at important gatherings and unimportant gatherings. Yeah? Are you here? You've got home. How many of you are still here? Evangelism should not be given to the poor people and the young people in our churches. You don't announce evangelism and stay at home with your remote, watching TV and having lunch with your wife. Yeah. That, that's what happens. We are too big. One time, I saw a picture of Archbishop Ajina Sarri standing at a street corner in Accra in his jeans, trousers, and his nice t-shirt by the roadside doing one-on-one evangelism. A couple of years ago, about two years ago or so, Bishop David Oedepo, a man that God has used to raise up a huge ministry, huge ministry, came for a program at the Accra Sports Stadium. My presiding bishop, Bishop Doug, was sitting by him. This was a Friday. And he turned and told Bishop Doug, I have to go back tonight after the program. I said, Bishop Doug I asked him, why? He said, I must go back because tomorrow, Saturday, my team and myself, we have to go and do sowing. We have to go and do sowing. His team and himself have to go and do sowing. When you when you hear him speaking, he always talks about the handless people that through his personal evangelism are coming into the church. None of us must be above. None of us. Evangelism cannot be status-related. There is nothing like status-related evangelism. It doesn't matter your position, your status in the kingdom. Evangelism is evangelism. It is the main thing, and it must be the main thing for every one of us here. Yeah. Yeah. And as I close, as I close, as I close, I want to close with the words of Jesus to Paul again in Acts chapter 26 and verse 17 going. Give me that scripture please. I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles to whom I now send you there's a sending. There's a sending that will lead to preaching. And there's a preaching that will lead to hearing. And there's a hearing that will lead to faith. And there's faith that will lead to the salvation of people. And finally, Ezekiel chapter 3 and verse 17 Ezekiel chapter 3 and verse 17. Many of us have blood on our hands. Ezekiel 3 from verse 17. Son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Every pastor here, every apostle, every bishop, every man of God, Every man of God. <laughs> Every man of God is a watchman for the house of Israel. Therefore, hear a word from my mouth and give them warning from me. Our wish is to give warning to dying men and women. That is our way. Yeah. I believe that uh, the Deeper Life pastor from Tamale, when he was leading us to pray, said, as for the conviction, it's the Holy Spirit that does it, and that is so true. Jesus said it. John 16:8. That when the Spirit of God comes, He'll bring conviction of righteousness, sin, and judgment. Yeah, that is not our work. We can pray. But we our work is to make sure that we go there and send the message. Go back to the scripture, Ezekiel 3:17. Son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Therefore hear the word from my mouth and give them warning for me. When I say to the wicked, you shall surely die and you give him no warning nor speak to warn the wicked from his wicked way to save his life. To save his life. The salvation of the life of people depends on you, pastor, and it depends on me. And it depends on our church members Christians It's not a joke It's not a joke As we are playing games In the churches Looking for money Looking for titles Titles Ministry is not by title Being called a bishop, apostle Even vice god Even vice God doesn't give you a ministry. What gives you the ministry? is obedience to the calling and the grace of God upon your life. Yeah. You have a church of 15 members in the classroom for 15 years. You call yourself an apostle. What makes you an apostle? We are playing games. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 12, Paul said, I, I showed you the signs of the apostle when I was with you. In signs, in miracles, in wonders. Go back, I'm ending. To the scripture. To save his life, that same wicked man shall die in his iniquity. But his blood are required at the hunt. His blood I require at your hand. Many of us have blood on hands. Stand to your feet, please. Thanks for listening to today's word. Subscribe to our social media handles for life-transforming messages.